0: I want to welcome you to Boiling Springs Baptist Church this morning. We are excited to see so many faces here this morning, and we are excited that you have chosen to worship alongside of us here this Sunday morning. We want to welcome any guests, any visitors that we may have with us this morning. We know that incoming freshmen at Gardner-Webb moved in this weekend, and so if you are a freshman at Gardner-Webb, we want to welcome you to the school. We want to welcome you to the community of Boiling Springs, and we would love to get to know more about you. There is a tear-out that is in your bulletin. We would invite you to tear that out and to give us some information about you so that we can get to know you a little better. If you have a prayer request or you are interested in learning more about our care ministry or being a part of our care ministry, you you are also invited to tear out that part of your bulletin and place that in the offering plate this morning. I have just a few quick, brief announcements. We want to take notice of the flowers that are placed in our sanctuary this morning in celebration of Pastor Keith and Renee's 16th wedding anniversary. So we want to say congratulations to Keith and Renee. This is our Pastor Keith, by the way. If you didn't notice, he shaved the beard, and I just wanted to make sure everybody knew that that was him. Um, Just a few quick announcements. Immediately following our morning worship this morning, we will have a care lunch in the fellowship hall. If you are a part of our care ministry or are interested in being a part of our care ministry, we would invite you to join us for lunch this afternoon. Also, happening this afternoon at 4 o'clock down at the Broad River here in Boiling Springs, uh, we will be having a river baptism. We are excited that four of our youth who made professions of faith at Camp Caswell this summer will be making that profession public this afternoon with baptism at the river at 4 o'clock. And so we would invite all of you to come and celebrate with us this afternoon. Also, I want to take note that, as you may have seen on our screens and in the insert in your bulletin, um, that sign up for directory pictures is currently going on. If you would like to sign up for directory pictures, we are doing so on Sunday mornings at 9.30 at the church office over at Heidi's office. Um, and so if you are interested in signing up for the directory pictures in that way, we would invite you to do so starting next Sunday. We also want to take notice of the insert in our bulletin about the India Project. Um, Due to our generous giving last week, we are only just a little over $1,100 away from meeting our goal of $10,000. And so we would encourage you um, to give to that project this morning and to give as as you feel um, being called to do so. We are excited that you have chosen to join us in worship this morning at Boiling Springs Baptist Church, and we would invite you to continue in our worship as we worship our God this morning.
1: This morning we're going to start our hymn of praise with "Leaning on the Everlasting Arms, which is 133. And while you're turning there, I want to tell you a little story, and then I'm going to challenge the gentleman in the office, in the auditorium. Uh, the, uh, this song is old. I am old. When I was a little girl, my daddy loved to sing. Now, he couldn't read the bass line, he couldn't read the tenor line, but he loved to sing. And he'd sing melody almost all the time except when the hymn writer gave the men a special part like on this hymn. And he would be so proud to sing that bass rhythm right there. there. And so I challenged the men of the choir the other night at practice. Now I'm challenging the men of the congregation to sing the words where it says, Lean, lean on Jesus, lean, lean on Jesus, and see if we can't hear those parts this morning. Everybody stand, please. (laughs)
2: morning. Are you ready for the last week before vacation? Mm, Bad news, bad news. Well, before I tell you, very bad news, before I tell you the story this morning, I want to tell you what I saw this morning. Many of you ever watch a spider make a spider web? You never know where they come from, do you? Well this morning I went outside on my front stoop and between my house and a tree was a huge spider web. No it was too high but you couldn't see any reason for it to be there. You couldn't see any of the all you could see was the spider web. And do you know what? That's when I say God does miracles. Because how did that little spider make that big web and not be hanging from anything but just there? Help. All right. How many of you know how to play tag? Oh, my. We have a good tag group. All right. What do you do when you want to play tag and you're running and nobody can catch you? Where do you head? To the base. That's right. You head to home base. And what does home base mean? You can't get tagged. It's safe, isn't it? So no matter how hard you run, when you hit that spot that's safe, they can't touch you, can they? Do what? Oh, limited time. Okay, limited time. Always, okay. Well, you know we also have a base to run to as an adult. Luke, you look at me like you're a little puzzled. What? A seller? seller? No, not a seller. God is our base. When we grow up and as you get older, now you got it. And you have a problem, or you're hurt, or you need some comfort, your base is God. You can always go to Him, and you're safe. You can talk to God, you can ask Him to take care of you, or maybe it's a friend who needs help. Because, you know, sometimes we pray for others, but it's safe, we're comfortable. And as we grow older, we become more comfortable going to God as our base. And that's a miracle because, you know what, we don't really see God, do we? Just like I can't see where that spider web was connected to that tree. But I know it was, some way or other. So when you have a problem, or you have a friend who's sick, then just remember... The safe place to go, he's in your heart, is God. Can we do that? Yes, we can. Now, before we have our prayer, I want to remind you that next Sunday, James, remember, next Sunday, you bring that John Deere book bag with you so we can say a special prayer, okay? And everybody else can bring their book bag too, all right? All right, let us pray. Dear Lord, this is your day. You made it more than special. Lord, I thank you for these smiling faces, these eager hearts, these outstretched hands that look to you to be their base. Keep them safe, Lord. Watch over them. And it's in your son's name, Jesus. Amen.
3: I'm glad Ellen's still in here for just a minute. She can hear me say this. Those tall spider webs that she's mentioning—I'm doing a good job of clearing those out right now. Yeah, and that happens a lot for me in the fall. I'm walking around. If you see me kind of just putting my hands through my face and hair, you know that I went through one of those tall spider webs. Everybody else got out the ones below, and I'm getting the ones out, out up top. I have to walk around with a stick in the fall in front of me. Um, many of you are familiar with our care ministry. It's a wonderful ministry of our church. Uh, it is just. It's truly a, a tremendous light for us in not only um, internally but also externally as well in our community and in our world. There are up to about 4,000, I believe, contacts now that have gone out from Boiling Springs Baptist Church that include either, a, uh, you know, whether it's a birthday card, anniversary card, whether it's a card for, um, you know, get well soon, we're thinking of you, praying for you card, uh, cards, phone calls, visits, uh, some help with yard work or doctor's, uh, appointments and transportation and things like this today after church we're having a lunch uh, to thank all of those who are involved in our care ministry but it's also a lunch for some of you who may want to you've heard about care ministry or maybe you don't know much about it but would like to know more we invite you to come to the lunch today we have planned for several extras and so if you're here today and want to learn more about the care ministry or want to plug into one of the four, one of the four groups, I believe it is, that uh, meet each week, uh, your group would only meet once a month, and so um, the commitment could be whatever you would want it to be. And so if you want to learn more about what our care ministry is, I want to encourage each of you to come and to be a part of that lunch today in our Fellowship hall immediately after church. We're going to watch a short video this morning. Uh, Wilda Perrin is not with us, but she will be with us in just a moment, VI video, but uh, in January 31st of this year, Wilden and Phil Perrin, who many of you know, Phil Perrin was there at Garden Web with the music department when I was there as a student back in the 90s. And um, for, for those of you who know Wilda and Phil, you know that they're, they have a wonderful testimony. They really do. They love the Lord, and you can see that by the way they live their lives and the way they treat other people. And Wilda has just been absolutely wonderful. And January 31st of this year, she was diagnosed with stage 4 lung cancer. Those of you who know the severity of that know that it is a miracle that she is still here. Not only is she still here, but she is going to church on days when she feels like it, she's doing other things. She and Phil celebrated uh, their wedding anniversary this last week, and they had a special day trip planned, and so they enjoyed that day. But Wilda not only was diagnosed with stage 4 lung cancer, but also diagnosed with a brain tumor at the same time. And um, she has been a recipient of our care ministry and has a word for us this morning.
4: As a recipient of uh, the Boiling Springs Baptist Church uh, care ministry, uh, I would like to say a big thank you to the church for providing this ministry for people like me. Um, the ministry uh, has been a special blessing to me because of the, the, the frequent reminders that people are praying for me. because with the brain tumor that I have I, I don't have good memory, I may forget what uh, happened yesterday and I have saved all of the c- c- cards that I've gotten uh, and I look through them from time to time to remind me uh, that the people in Boiling Springs Baptist Church are praying for me. Um, and that has been a, a real blessing to me. I know that uh, my life is and the timing of my life is in God's hands, and that's fine with me. I'm at peace with that, uh, and I, I uh, just wanted to say thank you to the church for uh, the blessing that they give me in reminding me from time to time at, at, with the cards uh, that, and also the, as I'm out on the street. Uh, people reminding me that they are praying for me, and that's a great blessing. Thank you.
3: Can you join me in prayer? God, we're grateful this morning for your presence in our lives. We're thankful for the gift of your Son. We're thankful for the gift of your Holy Spirit. And Father, this morning, we're grateful for the gift of your presence with us. We're grateful for the care ministry and the way that your love has been demonstrated by the kind words and actions of others. Father, we're thankful, Lord, for the way we've been able to care for one another, but Lord, the way that we have been able to care for our community through people who are willing to sacrifice and give us some time and give us some energy, times where they could be doing other things, but Lord, they're about your work and caring for others, and we're so grateful for that. You told us in John that the world will know that we are yours, that we are his by our love for one another. So Father, help that love to increase in each of us this morning. And Lord, as we look back and reflect upon uh, life today, as we think about those years as a child and as a youth and as a young adult, and as we reflect on whatever stage we may be in or stages we have been through today, Father, remind us of your care and of your guidance and of your direction through each of those phases of life. Lord, we understand this morning in our community and within our church family, there are some, Lord, who uh, are dealing with grief today, and Father, we pray that you would comfort their hearts. There are others today who are dealing with sickness and illness, and Father, we pray that your presence would be felt among them today in a mighty way. Father, there are families in here today where um, uh, mom and dad are trying to figure out, or maybe a young a young adult is trying to figure out direction for their future. Lord, they're weighing options and they're praying and they're talking. And so, Father, I pray today that Lord they may hear something that you would speak to them in a way that would give them some direction with decisions that must be made in the coming weeks father we're aware that many students and teachers and adults and lord students and teachers at garden web will be beginning a new year soon and father we pray that they would feel the love and the support of this church family bless our children as they prepare and to lead us this next sunday in worship and um, lord we pray that that would be a very special time lord help us no matter what stage of life we're in no matter what season of life we may be in we're wrapping up a summer and moving into the fall and lord we pray that we would always be about your work that work of love, that work of forgiveness, and offering mercy and grace and hospitality to all. Father, speak to our hearts this morning through the songs, through the prayers, through your scripture as it is read and through the words as they are preached today. God, it's our desire to draw closer to you. And Father, we're thankful again for your presence with us. Bless each one here today and meet us at the point of our need. You know that need better than we know it ourselves. And Father, we commit our hearts and our minds to you today and ask that you would transform them more into your likeness. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You have a responsive reading in your bulletin this morning and these words will also be on the screen in front of you. I'd ask you to read the bold print. Lord, you are my beginning and my ending. Before I was born, even before I was formed in my mother's womb, you are with me. Even when I die and travel onward, you are with me. You are my hope. In you I place my trust. In times of weakness, when my spirit fall, fails, you are the rock to which I cling. In times of struggle, when I am bent with affliction, you heal me. In times of shame, when my eyes are downcast, you forgive me and raise me up. I will lean upon you all the days of my life. You are my praise forever and ever. Amen.
1: The next next two hymns will both go back to back. There will be a little interlude on the organ, and then we will find the words to find us faithful on our screen. So if you'll stand, sing 189, verses 1 and 3, The Lily of the Valley.
3: Father, we thank you again for this day. We're so grateful for the gifts that you have bestowed upon us. Father, we ask at this time that you would bless the gift and the giver of the gift. We ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.
5: Sorry, I'm late. <laughs> I like think I got distracted. I sat back there this morning, trying to figure out who this was up here. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. I thought some substitute was coming in for the pastor. I don't know. You may consider him looking better or worse. But he looks younger, don't he? <laughs> no. Okay, I've got behind on my timing there for the offertory prayer. So, I would like to say, those of us who grew up in the church. We were taught from the word go that we're supposed to give a portion to God. Usually it's a tie of the tenth. I wondered exactly where that came from, so I looked it up and Jacob, Abraham's grandson, had a dream one night. The Lord told him you're going to be the father of many nations, your children will be so many they'll be like dust and all this stuff. And we woke up the next day and said, Oh Lord, thank you. I'm going to give you a tenth of all I have. He didn't say we had to keep doing it, but in Leviticus, Moses laws, it said, of your herds and your flocks, your fields, your grains, your fruits, you will give a tenth of what you have. And still, I think that applies to us today, and I think most Christians do, but there's so many things that distract us that we tend to put our own wants ahead of the Lord, I think. And our children, a lot of them are not growing up in the church and hearing this, and I guess you'd say it worries me. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we have so many wants and wishes and needs that sometimes we forget that we, we're, all we really need is our needs. We turn on the TV and the radio and the newspapers and Internet. We're bombarded with ads. Buy this. Buy that. This will make you happy. Your neighbor's got this. Everybody's got this. You need this. And we get carried away sometimes and leave your tenth out so please lord send your holy spirit to your people and let's have revival and everybody remember that we owe you a tenth. we don't have herds and flocks and fruits and fields but our medium of exchange is money and we can use this money for your work we know that what we give here in this church is put to good use for all our programs and for missions in the state and around the world and thank you for the opportunity We hope to do so gladly, not because of a sense of duty, not because we owe it to you, but because it pleases you, and it's a way for us to worship you. Thank you very much, Lord, for all your gifts. Amen.
0: I would invite you to follow along with me in your Bibles as we read from the book of Psalms this morning. I will be reading... From Psalm 71, and I'll be reading verses 1 through 6, and then skip down to verses 13 through 18. So I invite you to follow along with me in Psalm 71. It reads In you, O Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. Rescue me and deliver me in your righteousness. Turn your ear to me and save me. Be my rock of refuge to which I can always go. Give the command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Deliver me, O my God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of evil and cruel men. For you have been my hope, O sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. From birth I have relied on you. You brought me forth from my mother's womb. I will ever praise you. May my accusers perish in shame. May those who want to harm me be covered with scorn and disgrace. But as for me, I will always have hope. I will praise you more and more. My mouth will tell of your righteousness, of your salvation, all day long, though I know not its measure. I will come and proclaim your mighty acts, O sovereign Lord, I will proclaim your righteousness, yours alone. Since my youth, O God, you have taught me, and to this day I declare your marvelous deeds. Even when I am old and gray, do not forsake me, O God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your might to all who are to come.
3: Thank you, choir, Vicky, accompanist. If you notice the title of the sermon today, it says, Starting Strong and Finishing Well. And Richard, where are you at? you still here? There he is back there. I hope I started strong and you finished well with, with that offertory. So uh, I apologize for just moving on there. But thank you, brother. Um, if you have your Bibles, you can keep them open to Psalm 71 this morning, as we'll be referring back to that. Thank you, Alan, for reading that this morning. I don't know about you, but... Um, if you've grown up, there are many of you that have grown up here in Bowling Springs and you can acknowledge several names that are important to you of people who you would say have started strong and finished well. My home church in East Flat Rock, North Carolina, right there at the edge of Hendersonville, there was a, an older gentleman, uh, Ray Flockaby, that would sit down front every Sunday morning and um, he was a World War II veteran. He was also a minor league baseball player back in the day and so Uh, I just remember uh, my parents and other people in the church talking about his faithfulness there, not only in the church, but just his faithfulness, his commitment to his Christian life. And I would greet Rafe Lockerbie every Sunday morning, even as a kid. Rafe, how you doing today? Because I would always love to hear what he said. He would say, just slow and easy, son, slow and easy, is what he would say every Sunday. But then I I think of others. Uh, Thelma Allen, I think of uh, Ruby, who um, taught Sunday school. And when I came back to serve at my home church, I was able to pull her in one more year to teach a group of sixth graders a class and a curriculum called Everything You Need to Know to Be a Teenager. She was probably in her 70s and was one of my teachers, and so I was able to pull her back in to do that. But then I think of the church where I was an intramet up above Greensboro, it was New Bessemer Baptist Church. And there was a faithful lady there named Audrey Hutchinson. Audrey was one of the most humble, and sweet and godly individuals that anyone could know and uh, her faithful presence the faithful presence of those at my home church and the faithful presence of those here uh, when you mention names like katie ruth dixon dorothy edwards and uh, you think of people who haven't passed on but you think of thurlin and osborne and you think of others uh, we could just keep naming off names who have meant so much to so many here it's important these people have laid a foundation and when we think of starting strong and finishing well they give us the sermon. If we think about their lives and we observe their lives and take note of the lives that they have lived, they give us such wonderful examples in that. Psalm 71 describes, the author describes himself as an old man who has trusted in God for a long time. I hope you, again, have some of these people in your life. Whether the, I hope they're here in Bowling Springs, but I know, I would hope that you would have some uh, within your family and within your community. I hope you recognize, again, that there are those here in our midst that would fit that description. It's important to note that the author is also wrestling in Psalm 71 with attention, And the tension this morning is that tension of trusting God in the face of adversity, but also praying for deliverance. And we also have those people among us this morning. You and I would fit into that category. We're praying to God for deliverance, but until he does that, in the meantime, we're going to continue to trust him, and we're going to continue to follow him. We we get the idea. I don't know. Raise your hand. Does everybody? Do, maybe you fit this category. Do you have someone in your family, or maybe you're that person in your family that, when all the family's together, you like to get out all the pictures. You're a little bit nostalgic. Do we have any of those here this morning? I, I see. It. Yes, I see that hand. We we have we have those in our midst this morning, and I'm also one of those. When my when my mom passed away several years ago, and a lot of the family was in the house, we just started pulling pictures out of everywhere that my mom had. Some photo albums were finished, some were not. Now we have everything digital, so I, I, you know, I don't know how that works now. I guess in different ways. But um, we started pulling the pictures out, and we were all feeling a little bit nostalgic. And I see here the author of Psalm 71 is a little bit like that. He's reflecting on the ways that God has blessed. He's reflecting on what it has meant to trust in the Lord and to follow the Lord. And he's being a little bit nostalgic, we see here. He, he uses words and phrases. He says... Uh, you have sustained me. Speaking of not just a, a period of time, but, but, a, but a long period of time. He uses phrases, co- uh, confidence from my youth. You have been my confidence from my youth. You've taught me from my youth. You've done great things. Who is like you? He's being a little bit nostalgic here. There are some of the moms, I think, in our current uh, Olympians that many of you have been watching over these last two weeks that are probably being a little bit nostalgic lately. You know, I I don't know if Michael Phelps' mom is like pulling out pictures of, you know, when he was uh, six years old and diving or in his first competition, but these these things could happen. But as we think about the Olympics, uh, we're reminded that these athletes that we see didn't just decide last year that they wanted to be in the Olympics this year, they have been training their entire lives. And they, much like us as we travel throughout life, have faced great adversities. There's, um, I think of uh, Simone uh, Biles, excuse me, 19 year old gymnast. Uh, She was, uh, she won the World All Around event and hasn't lost a competition since 2013. She was born, thinking about adversity, she was born to a mother addicted to drugs and alcohol, and Biles along with her younger sister were both adopted by her maternal grandfather. She's faced great adversity. Um, she went on to win four gold and one bronze, five total medals here in, in well, here in Rio, in Rio these last two weeks. Uh, some of you may have remember the name Kathleen Baker. She qualified for the Olympics uh, in the backstroke and is the first American Olympian with Crohn's disease. I don't know if you remember that name, but she was diagnosed with this illness as a 13-year-old and has battled to prevent it, pr- has battled to prevent it from defining her ever since. She took home a silver this year, or Team USA in the women's 100-meter backstroke. And this other lady, as we think about, again, stories and, and people's our journeys and being nostalgic and uh, adverse, facing adversities, uh, Yusura Mardini is 18 years old. She qualified as a swimmer uh, this year in the Olympics in Rio, but she is a refugee. She is the face of the Olympics' first-ever team of refugees. She had a budding swimming career in her home city of Damascus. But when the Civil War started, her pool was bombed, and life was increasingly perilous. Her family realized they had to flee. Her incredible swimming talents ended up saving both her life and those of around twenty other people as they were traveling on a small craft in the Mediterranean. Eusera, her sister Sarah, and two other swimmers ended up pulling the dinghy to shore by grabbing onto its rope and swimming to land. The obstacles and the temptations and the distractions that these athletes and others have faced have not been small, but they have endured. It's easy to get off track and lose focus, whether it's an Olympic athlete training for a a tremendous event, or whether it is you and I seeking to go about our daily lives and navigating the waters of, of work and school and community and responsibilities that we are faced with each and every day. We are distracted in many ways and it doesn't matter the stage it doesn't matter the age of life as a youth and as a child we face certain distractions Uh, as a young adult as a career-minded individual and then as a retiree we all have challenges and we all have obstacles and we always have things that can distract us Uh, it's interesting as we've watched the olympics to listen to the stories of the athletes and i hope many of you have done that Uh, i've done it more as i've grown older uh, the story, the power of story, has become so much more important, and the obstacles that many of these athletes—I just mentioned three—have had to overcome to be where they were, or where, yeah, where they were this, these last two weeks, and to do what they did uh, was a victory in and of itself. But we each, you know, again have these distractions. God called this man in Psalm seventy-one to walk with him throughout his life, and he did. He says in verse five, "Since my childhood, since my childhood, I have put my trust." in you, God. And in verse 17, he says, you have taught me from my youth, and I still declare your wondrous deeds. I don't believe he was an Olympic athlete, but many of you know the name Yogi Berra, if I mention that, a catcher for the New York Yankees. He he knew a little bit of something about the power of distraction, okay? Um, Hank Aaron came up to bat one day, and Yogi Bear is back there as the catcher for the Yankees. And like I said, just both two Hall of Famers right there together. And um, he started to distract Hank. He told him that uh, the letters on his bat needed to be facing toward him. And he kept telling him this, and he kept telling him this, and Hank just ignored him. You know, Yogi, I'm sure, threw out other things. He probably talked about his mama and probably, you know, said all the things that a catcher would say to try to distract, try to distract the batter. And... Hank's pitch came in and Hank hit hit the home run and as he's walking back past home plate and he passes Yogi, he looks back at Yogi and he says, I didn't come here to read. <laughs> and again, he was trying to distract him about the letters on his bat. But Yogi Barron knew something about the power of distraction. He knew what it was to try to distract a batter to get him to lose his focus. Learning to navigate the distractions that you and I face, especially when it comes to our faith, is very important when it comes to starting strong and finishing well. Many of, us have, many of you have known uh, several, whether it is in matters of faith or maybe it's in, in some other area of life where we've started strong. And we've almost been cautious because they've started so strong. But yet you and I know the commitment, the dedication that it takes, not only for an athlete, but for a person of faith or for whatever task you have in front of you to start strong and to finish well. I mentioned Yogi Berra, and this reminds me of, of how many uh, may be here this morning that enjoy a good biography. Some of you may have read a biography on Yogi Berra. I love reading biographies, and probably more so just in the last few years. I've read some on Abraham Lincoln, um, C.S. Lewis. Recently, we spent some time as a church family looking at Theodore Geisel, which is Dr. Seuss. We've had some fun doing that on, on Wednesday nights. Uh, recently, I've picked up a book by Tony Dungy and started reading a little bit more about him. I've enjoyed reading about uh, Condoleezza Rice also and Billy Graham. Uh, I think many of you have, have read uh, some things on Billy Graham over the years, but uh, biblical characters as well uh, have become more important to me. Uh, when I think about biography and learning, when I say all this, as we think about from, from starting strong and finishing well, we love to read biographies of people who have done just that. What, did, what habits and characteristics and things that they exhibit that allowed them to start strong and to finish well. That's my desire. I hope it is yours as well, um, to, especially in regards to my faith. But one of the, the characters in the Old Testament that has meant a lot to me that I want to spend just a few minutes on this morning is Jeremiah. And in Jeremiah chapter 1, Jeremiah's calling and his response is similar to that of Moses, but in Jeremiah 1, verses uh, 5, it says, uh, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you as a prophet to the nation. God is calling out Jeremiah, even before he was born, to be a prophet to the nations, to the nation of Judah specifically. Jeremiah responded, as you and I do when we are faced with a great task, sometimes maybe with excuses. And Jeremiah says, Behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am a youth. I think Moses said something similar to this. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am a youth, because everywhere I send you, you shall go and all that I command you speak Do not be afraid of them for I am with you to deliver you declares the lord then the lord stretched out his hand and touched my mouth and the lord said to me behold i have put my words in your mouth i have appointed you this day over the nations and over the kingdoms to pluck up and to break down to destroy and to overthrow to build and to plant god had a calling on jeremiah's life from a very young age And for 42 years, Jeremiah was faithful to that calling. He preached to the nation of Judah to repent and to return to the Lord. But it was like preaching to a wall. If you read through Jeremiah, no one listened. Jeremiah is often known as the weeping prophet. If you study his story, again, look at the bigger picture of Jeremiah's life. Jeremiah was faithful to what God had called him to do, despite the fact that he did not see the fruit from his labor. And, matter of fact, Jeremiah became so discouraged. In chapter 20, verses 7 and 9, or chapter 20, it may, beginning at verse 7, it says, Jeremiah's complaint in your scripture. And Jeremiah, at times, maybe like you and I, have had times when we said, you know what, I've been faithful, I've been doing this, I'm done. Maybe, hopefully it's not with your faith, but with Jeremiah, it was in response to God's call on his life. I've been doing this, I've been preaching, I've been teaching, and all it's gotten me is nothing. And hear hear his words in Jeremiah 27. He says, O Lord, you have deceived me, and I was deceived. You have overcome me and prevailed. I have become a laughingstock all day long. Everyone mocks me. For each time I speak, I cry aloud. I proclaim violence and destruction, because for me the word of the Lord has resulted in reproach and derision all day long. But if I say I will not remember him or speak any more in his name, then in my heart it becomes like a burning fire shut up in my bones, I'm weary of holding it in, and indeed, I cannot. Some of you in this room have been to a similar place. When things were hard, you've been faithful, and you feel that there are no answers. You feel that God's not responding. You feel that God hasn't rewarded you in the midst of your faithfulness. Jeremiah is an example that I continually go back to. If I find myself being where Jeremiah was, I go often, I'm reminded and I echo Jeremiah's words here. If I've ever had any of those times where I've wanted to quit, any times where I've wanted to just change something major about my life, I go back to Jeremiah when he says, "'Then your words have become in my heart like a consuming fire, shut up in my bones. I'm weary of holding them in, weary of holding them in, and indeed, I cannot.'" The good news that's found in a relationship with Jesus Christ, the good news of God's love and what it can do in your life, in my life, and what it has done in my life is something that sometimes even when I get discouraged or I get down, I just can't help but speak about it. God has done something great in me. And if all of us could speak this morning, you would give testimony of the great things that God has done in your life. We can't always give reason and give cause for why this has happened the way it has, and we're often distracted, we're often pulled. Uh, Adversities come up in life that pull us away. Uh, Jeremiah had those, but Jeremiah was faithful. He is someone, a great example, great testimony of someone who started strong and finished well. Another example in the New Testament, if we were to think about biographies and studying the story of someone's life, would be Paul. Paul faced shipwreck, hardships, persecutions. We could go on and on, but in 2 Timothy 4, Verse 7, Paul says, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. Paul had distractions. His distractions, may, there may be some similar, but many were not as to yours and to mine, but Paul had those. And I hope one day that we can give testimony, like Paul, that we have fought the fight, that we have finished the race, and that we have kept the faith. My desire also is to hear the words that Jesus quoted in the parable of talents, when he said, well done, my good and faithful servant. One of the big stories from the Olympics was that of New Zealand's Nikki Hamblin and the U.S. athlete um, Abby uh, Agostino, I believe is her last name. And many of you saw that, and if you didn't see it when it happened, you saw it after it happened. But one of them fell, and the other one helped them up, and they fell again, and they were helping each other to the finish line. And um, one of them was quoted as saying, you know, it just seemed like the right thing to do is to help your, your fellow athlete. And what a great example of the Olympic spirit. And when I think of someone, I mean, these, you know, they didn't just start training last week. They've been training their whole life for that race, that day, and that moment. And to stop and to do what they did was a great testimony. Of, uh, it may be a little bit different when we think about it in relationship to the race, but when we think about it in relationship uh, to the race that is the human life, and our existence on this earth and on this side, they did what was right in the moment. Uh, they, they, have, they have started strong in their training, but they finished well. Maybe not in first place, but they finished well this, this last week in Rio. If you're here this morning at a breaking point and you're at the edge of, of jumping ship in your Christian faith... I want you to know that Jesus is there, that his love and that his forgiveness, his grace and his mercy and the presence of the Good Shepherd is there for you this morning. He wants you to help, he wants to help you cross that finish line and he wants to help you finish well. I want to encourage you to surround yourself with the environment, with the people, with the resources that you need to help yourself finish well. A lot of times we start out with great enthusiasm and great. Um, just vigor and just uh, passion and because of the detractions, because of the adversities and because of the things that happen some do not finish well I've given you testimony this morning of people at my home church at New Bessemer Baptist where I was an interim testimony of people here who have run the race well who have fought the good fight who finished the race they started strong and they finished well I'm grateful for their testimony and I'm grateful for their inspirations that they, that they have been to us. But some of you may be thinking, Keith, you don't know what I've done. I've started strong, but there's been a lot of mistakes. There's been a lot of things that have caused me to be distracted and some adversities that have come up in my life that have caused me to lose track of the race that I know that I've been called to run. I'm grateful this morning that we serve a God of forgiveness, a God of grace, and a God of mercy. 1 John 1, 8 and 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It is my strong conviction, my strong conviction, as 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 your pastor and as just, I mean as an individual, that God not only calls us to walk with him throughout our lives, from young adulthood to, um, to when we're older, but it's my strong convictions that he has a purpose and a plan for our lives. Jeremiah 29:11, as I referenced Jeremiah earlier. Many of you know this verse by heart. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, plans for your welfare, not for your adversity, plans to give you hope in a future. And I ask this morning, church, do you believe that? Do you believe that God is on your side? He's not against you. He's for you. And do you believe that? Have you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ at a young age? And if you have, how are you doing along the journey? I don't know what age you may be in that journey now. Have you started strong? And if you haven't, maybe today could be the day that you start strong, that you renew your life and your relationship with the Lord, that you begin again. There are others in this church that can help you finish well. There are resources that we can give you and talk with you about that can help you finish well. How are you doing this morning in the race of the Christian life? God has called you and I to walk with Him, and He not only wants us to do that, but He wants us to help one another to do that well. As I look out this morning, I see some who are starting college soon and who are going back to school soon. Aiden started just this last week. Let's think about and spend time meditating and praying and asking God what it takes for us to finish well. What do we need to do? How do we need to, what do we need to surround ourselves with? What choices do we need to make to allow us to finish well? Not only with our school year, but also what does that mean in relationship To our lives of faith as well i'm thankful that despite my adversities despite the things that have distracted me along the way that god didn't give up on me and i want to remind each of you in here this morning if you feel like you have lost your way in a sense i want to remind you that god is still on your side that he's for you he's not against you and he wants you to come back in fellowship and in relationship with him this morning Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for your word. Lord, when we read it, it's not just words on a page, but God, it becomes alive. It, 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 it does something in us. And just like Jeremiah said, Father, about the message and the calling that you placed on his life, he couldn't help but speak about it. Those words that you've planted within him was like fire in his belly, fire within his bones, and he couldn't hold them back or else it would consume him. Father, help us who have benefited, who have Uh, Maybe that's not the right word, but Lord, the ones who have experienced your love and your grace, Father, even in the midst of our adversity, in the midst of our difficulties, Father, help us to give testimony about your goodness. Father, we wish we knew all the answers and all the reasons why things come upon us the way they do, but Lord, help us, as the author here did in Psalm 71, to put our faith and our trust in you, all the time while we may be praying for deliverance, but Father, help us to put our faith and trust in you. Lord, if there are some in this place today that have never done that, God, I pray that today that they would put their faith and trust in you for the first time. If there are some in this place, which I know there are, God, that have lost their way, that feel like maybe they can't be used of you because of ways they have given in to their distractions and ways, ways they've allowed their adversity to lead them away from you, Father, I pray today that you would remind them, God, that you have a purpose and that you have a plan for their life. God, we're thankful for you. We're thankful for your Son, Jesus Christ, and the power of your Holy Spirit. So, Father, may it continue to have, may that Holy Spirit continue to have its way in our hearts and our lives this day. We're thankful, Lord, for calling us out. Teach us more about what it means to start strong and to finish well. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you're here this morning and desire prayer, I'd be happy to to talk with you, pray with you. The altar is open as well. If you desire church membership, we'd like to talk with you about that and allow this place to be that place where you can start strong and finish well. Let's stand and sing together.
1: Number 407, Because He Lives.
3: love the second verse of that hymn. Um, It says, how sweet to hold a newborn baby to feel the pride and the joy he gives. And we we think about starting strong. You can't start any sooner than that. I guess we can start in the womb as Jeremiah references this morning. But let's sing that last verse and then we'll have a brief time of benediction. Let's sing that that second verse. That second verse. How sweet Have a great Sunday.